What's up? What's up? I'm back. I'm back, guys. I don't know, it might have been longer. I don't know. I mean, it feels like since I got to Colorado that I was already on sabbatical. I was kind of on this forced time of rest. And it was clear to me, you know, after one week of being in Colorado that the Lord was saying, hey, it's time for you to just take a break, right? To just be still and be with me. And I want to teach you some things in this season that you didn't fully understand before. And man, was... Is that the truth? I mean, God was not lying. He absolutely wanted to teach me some things. Uh, but I'm really excited to start this new series with you called Start Here, right? If we're going to start 2021 well, then I know that we can finish 2021 really well. And how can we finish well if we don't start well? Because if you don't start well, well then like you're always trying to like fix something in the process, you know, right? And I don't know, I mean, even right now, I'm just feeling like joy. Like if it's, it has to be for the joy set before us and the joy in the process that we move forward through these things. Like if we don't have joy as the end result, then it's really hard to push through things to say, oh, I'm gonna push through this and I'm gonna sacrifice and do these things intentionally because there's only more pain on the other side. It's like, no, it doesn't make sense, you know? It's, the Bible even says that for the joy set before him, that Jesus, right, that he would endure the cross, right? And for the joy, for what is on the other side of this pain, I'm willing to go through this pain because of that joy on the other side because it is worth it. Come on. And Jesus looked at you and me and our families and what we're doing right now. And he said, that is worth it. So I'm willing to go through this pain. When we value joy, we can be willing to sacrifice and go through some things to accomplish that for, for what God has on the other side. So here's, here's, here's a few things. And I know we kind of, I kind of ended last time on rest, you know, uh, I, I was talking about prepare the wave, right? And how rest is not something that we actually prepare for, but something that has been prepared for us. And I experienced that, that when I started the sabbatical, it was kind of this idea of, man, I didn't even plan to rest. I didn't even plan a sabbatical. I didn't plan to uh, show up in Colorado and just take two months off. I didn't plan that. That was prepared and planned for me. And I don't know if you guys have ever ex experienced this, but that all of a sudden it's like, I didn't do anything. I didn't, I, there was no preparation that went into this. God told me to do this. And then all of a sudden I was in this season where I was like, oh, I can just kind of be still with you, Lord, and just, just rest. Um, but we talked about how man's first day, right? Adam's first day experience on earth was a day of rest. And that rest wasn't something that he prepared for, but something that was prepared for him that got created for six days. And on the seventh day, he rested being Adam's first official day on the earth and that it was a day of rest, right? And I think if we can apply that to our lives, um, even when we look at the Sabbath, right, as a principle or as a holy day in observance under under Jewish law, that it was the first day of the week. It wasn't the last day of the week. It wasn't like, oh, work, 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 work so that you can rest. No, it was rest so that you can work, 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 work. Come on, there's a difference there. Are you working, 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 and then, oh, I get to rest? Or are you resting 
so that you can work well. Resting has to be the starting point and it has to be the starting place. And if there's anything, that's why I wanted to start here, right? I want to start here at rest. 2021, if you want to work, 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 work and accomplish and um, do amazing things for the kingdom, well, you must start from a place of rest. You must rest first. It has to be the first day. It has to be the, the, the first breath, right? The first breath is just a thing of rest. It's just something that naturally happens. I, I think, you know, I was breathing like you couldn't hold your breath for more than three minutes, right? And, and a lot of us couldn't even do that, but like that's like what's humanly possible if you're well-trained, right? And you couldn't do that. Like you have to breathe. You have to naturally breathe. And I think that rest is also something that has been ingrained and designed into us as human beings, um, designed after the man of, of Jesus, right? Designed after him, that rest is something that we need. It's not an option in my life. It's something I have to do. It's something if I want to be, if I want to bear a lot of fruit, then I have to rest. Why is this so important? How do we actually carry this out? What are the practical ways that we can actually implement rest into our lives and our families, right? Without being legalistic, but actually with this intention of saying, man, I really need this. And I know that I will be more effective if I do this. If I do this one thing, if I rest well, then I can work well. And it's not the opposite way. Remember, it's not if you work well, then you can rest, you get to. Rest is not, oh, I get to. It's no, I have to. Not out of uh, legal obligation, but out of healthy obligation to your temple, right? You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And as a temple ingrained and designed into who you are is the need for rest. And honestly, if I'm being real with you guys, it hasn't always been easy, right? Like there have been moments of frustration. There have been moments of anger. There's been moments of, of uh, tears and repentance. There has been uh, moments of great joy and victory. Like there has been all the, the entire spectrum of emotions has happened during this time. And I have really learned and repented to realize like, I haven't been managing my family as well as I could if I understood these things. And I think that's really why the Lord wanted me to rest, not only because I needed it physically, but he wanted to teach me things. And there are things that you can only learn at rest. I'm gonna say it again right now. There are things that you can only learn at rest. The same way that there's things that you can only learn while working. There's some things that you can only learn by serving. There's some things that you can only learn by discipling. And there are some things that you can only learn by resting. It's true. Until you are, are still and you just settle in, there are certain things that you won't learn otherwise. I'll give you an analogy. It's like if you're running around a track right? And I'm holding you a letter, a handwritten letter that has some really important details about your life. And I'm like, every time you've run around the track, I'm like, Hey, I got this letter for you. Like you have to stop running in order to read it. You have to be still and sit down in order to read it. And you're like, every time you're running around the track, you're trying to like 
read a sentence and you're like, oh, it went by. And then you're like, you're running, you're running, you're running, you're running. And you come around again and here's, here's God with the letter. And you're like trying to get, right? You're trying to like just look at one word each time you come around the lap. And if we would just stop running, sit down, sit with him, allow him to give us the letter, allow him to read it with us, Allow him to go over it. If we have questions about certain things in our lives that, that I don't understand this, what you're telling me, and then we get to sit and conversate, right? You cannot do that unless you sit still and rest. There are things that God wants to talk to you about. There are things that he will only tell you if you will sit with him and be still. I, I've come to realize that as I have participated in this sabbatical of surrender, surrendering my need to work, surrendering my need to produce, surrendering my need to feel value by, by, by any means of what I can perform, right? Surrendering all that. I have realized that I don't really know how to rest. Like, even like I would, if you had asked me two months ago, like, hey, like, are you, are, do you feel like you, you work from a place of rest? I would say, yeah, Absolutely. But after really resting, I think the reality is that maybe half of the stuff I've, I've done in Christ has been out of striving. Maybe half of it. And I, I know that's a hard thing to like come to grips with. Like, Lord, like I've been like trying to self-produce and self-perform in all these different areas of my life, not realizing that I wasn't truly resting. Right. And if I don't know how to enter into the full rest, the finished work of Jesus, well, then how can I ever lead other people? This has been a major re uh, revelation for me. And I don't know if you guys can relate to this. I don't know if some of you guys may be resting experts for all I know. <laughs> I'm not sure, right? I just know for me personally, like I've come to the realization that like I don't know how to rest at least up to this point. And I think I'm just starting to figure it out. I'm just starting to come into this place where I like, Oh, that's what you mean by rest. Really, stop striving. Cease your work. Cease your trying. Cease your, your thinking, your worrying. Like, and, and we always think of it as work. Like, oh, yeah, I stopped working. But have you stopped worrying? Like, oh, yeah, I stopped, you know, doing this, this, and that. But, like, have you, have you taken a rest from grieving? Right. Like even in your grieving, like rest from it. Like some of us are grieving family members or situations in our lives and there's grief. Like, do you take a moment to just like put your grief away for a moment? Can you put away your worry about money? Right. Money will be there. The bills will be there the next day. Can you take this day and just set those things aside and remove them from your mind? And this is a really hard thing for us. Come on, guys. So my question to you is, do you rest well? How often do you take intentional rest? How often do you take intentional rest? Not just from work, but from worry, from thinking about money, from thinking about the activities, uh, from you know being concerned about things. How often do you just let go? How often, okay? Why is resting uncomfortable at times? Why? And I think the, the, the honest answer is that when we truly rest, remember that letter we were talking about 
things that God wants to tell us, things that God wants to maybe correct in our lives, things that God wants to reveal to us, right? A lot of times that letter from God is kind of scary to us because it means that I have to come to grips with the reality of the way I'm living my life on my own accord without the help of the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord, the letter of the Lord written to us in every season of our lives is the most important thing. It is the most, it is the first, it is the starting point. It has to be his voice. If his voice and us being still enough to hear his voice is not the, the most important thing, right? Then we're missing the mark. We're missing it. His voice is everything, right? We walk by faith, not by sight. But the Bible also says that faith comes by hearing the living word of God. Comes by hearing the living word, the right now voice of God, what he wants to say to you. We have to understand that listening to his voice is the most important thing. When we rest and we are able to be still, then he is able to unload some of these things that he wants to say to us. And are you scared of what God really wants to share with you? I hope not because he doesn't want to hurt you. He's not going to um, judge you in the process. He's not going to put you down. He's going to build you up. He's going to correct some things that need to be placed in order. And if I'm being honest, again, there are some things in my life that have been placed in order. There were some things in my life in the past season of ministry, right? This is now 11 years being in ministry, being dedicated to serving the Lord. And the first 10 years, I'm realizing like, Man, there was a lot of things that were out of order in my heart, in my priorities, the way I functioned, the way I did family, the way I worshiped, all of it, right? There's some things that needed to be placed in order. And it wasn't until I sat still during this time that I was quiet enough to read the letter that Lord that the Lord wanted me to hear. So here's the second thing I've learned during the sabbatical is Intentional family worship time is the most important sacrifice of my life, okay? Being still and hearing his voice is the most important thing. Like that's the first, the starting place, right? Intentionally, intentional family worship time is the most important sacrifice of my life. It's the most important ministry that I have, right? After hearing his voice. Hearing his voice is number one and setting apart intentional family worship time. And here's the reality. We're doing house church, right? As families, as households. And the reality is, is that in most church environments that I've been in, we separate the kids from the adults and we have like these separate ministries and like these separate songs for the kids and this separate message for the kids and the adults because there's obviously, you know, difference in, um, uh, you know, learning retention and understanding and, and wisdom and experience and all that stuff. But, but the reality is that we have the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that is ministering to your kids is also ministering to you. And I think we've we're kind of hit this dilemma as house churches is like, how do we do house church 
and serve the adults and the kids at the same time? How do we make it applicable to both? How do we celebrate both generations at the same time, in the same household, under the same roof, in the same room, right? With the same spirit. How do we do this? And I've realized that I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to, I mean, I've led worship for hungry disciples and led people into the presence of God. And I've led people into being baptized in the Holy Spirit, like done really cool things with adults. But when it comes time to ministering to adults or to ministering to my wife and my kids at the same time and trying to make it applicable and make it where they can experience his presence the same way that we would in a really, in a deep soaking session, like, I don't know how to do this. And I've come to the, this, this blatant reality during the sabbatical that like, if I want to establish a network of house churches and show other families how to do this, I need to get good at this. I need to establish a, a, a worship culture in my household. I need this. This is not um, a, a, a what if we did this. No, this is like, no, we need to do this because if we're going to be effective as house churches, we need to learn and create an atmosphere and a culture in our households where our kids are used to worshiping, are used to listening to the word that it becomes normal life for them, that there's this normal life rhythm in our households, right? Cultural rhythms, worship rhythms in our household that become very natural to our families. And it doesn't happen overnight. It does not happen overnight. It happens over time. It's like this thing that I have to decide and set my heart on and intention, but it takes patience. It takes um, a lot of perseverance to cultivate this. And, you know, we've been doing this since we got to Colorado is having intentional worship time, having intentional communion time, um, really establishing it as a family, not like, oh, like, oh yeah, the kids, we're doing house church, the adults, but the kids are over there just playing with toys, right? Like that, no, that's not what this is. And that's not what it can be. It has to be something that we do as a family. It has to be a family ministry. And I think one of the reasons why we don't see this more often in American church culture is because it takes more time to build. It takes more patience to cultivate. It takes a little bit more out of us intentionally to say, I'm going to build a culture where my kids are just as much a part of the service as the adults. That's not normal in our culture. Like we build amazing amusement park kids ministries in some of our churches to deal with this one problem, right? This one problem of not knowing how to do church as a family has created all of these other needs. Um, third thing that I have learned during sabbatical, okay? Third thing that I have learned, the fear of the Lord is the doorway to repentance and restoration. And we, we, you know, we know the scripture, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? The fear, or the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That when we experience the, the raw awesomeness, the reverence of God, like when we experience the massive 
um, outpouring of his love, we are forced to our knees. We're forced into this posture of holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come, right? We have these throne room experiences with the Lord, and those are the doorway to repentance and restoration that in order to turn to him, we must experience, right? Is the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. And it is through that repentance that when we turn to him, that he restores the things, the broken things in our lives that need to be healed in order for us to move forward. And I've realized that I desperately need throne room experiences. And I've had several during this time of just coming under and just the weight of his love, the weight of his goodness, and, and just, just saying, God, you're just so good. I don't need to move or do anything or serve anybody. I'm just here to just completely be wrecked and ravaged by the reckless love, right? And I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but it is... It is a desperate need in my life, and I, I pray that it is a desperate need in your life as well, that the fear of the Lord will become something that you prioritize, that you say, God, I'm gonna set these moments aside and just say, Lord, I just wanna encounter you. I just wanna be in your presence, right? I want to have these moments with you that just completely wreck my idea of what life looks like that, 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 that anything less than you and your name, that, that anything less than relationship, God, I don't care what's on the letter, what you want to correct in me. If there's something that's broken in me that you want to mend and make whole, like God, I'm willing to go through the pain for the joy that is set before me, that I'm willing to go through whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes to come into alignment, to receive the wisdom of the Lord, to, 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 to sit and be still, right? If, if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, then resting and be still is the pathway that continues us on that road. That as we rest, we come under his weighty love. Come on, can you feel it now? Just rest right now in this moment and just say, God, I just want to experience you. I just want more of your presence. I just want more of you, God. And I know that when I experience the awe, the awesomeness, the amazing, uncomprehensible presence of your love, the, the, the light that shines from your eyes, that we will all spend eternity around your throne crying, holy, 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 holy. And I pray that our homes would be little peace, little heaven experiences that, listen guys, catch this. You will spend eternity around the throne with other believers, with other worshipers crying out, holy, 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 with the angels all around, everybody singing. And that experience is what we are supposed to cultivate right here in our living rooms. That when you do house church, that you are taking a heaven experience of what we will experience for eternity and you are bringing that to earth and you are cultivating that in your, in your home. 
And that only comes with intimacy, with being still, with saying, God, yeah, I say yes to you. I'm willing, I don't care about the food right now. I don't care about what time it is. I don't care about like what the kids need on their TV screen. No, everybody stop what you're doing and come into this room. We're going to worship. And we can't force it, but we can have this invitation. Everybody come in. And as we experience the Lord, as you, as the, the head of your households, right? Husbands and wives, as you join together in this time of worship, your kids begin to watch and they're saying, something's happening in our living room. I don't understand it, but like mom and dad or mom or whoever you are, like you're worshiping and you put it on display for your kids to see and, and there's tears streaming down your face and you've, you're just like having these moments with the Lord that are unexplainable. They're unexplainable. Will you rest? We start from a place of rest. We start this year from a time of just being still. Will you implement family worship time? you cry out for the fear of the Lord, the love of God so weighty, the Shekinah glory just fills your, your home. Our homes are not just dwelling places that we live. They are houses of God. They are portals of heaven. Come on. What if you started looking at your house as a portal of heaven? have a few scriptures that I want to read and I'll post these in the YouTube details and, and on the network so you guys can dig into these scriptures a little bit further. Everything I've shared with you has been based on study and I know I didn't share a lot of scripture but it's in there and I just have a few that I want to read right now. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the guard keeps watch in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives sleep to his beloved. That's Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. He gives sleep to his beloved. You guys have to understand, to hustle and grind and, you know, the team no sleep, all those ideas and those concepts are not of God. True godly work is based in rest. Unless the Lord builds the house, we build it in vain. Come on. Proverbs 19, 23, the fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. Jeremiah 6, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the, way, the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. And I think this really speaks to the idea that if we don't know how to rest, we need to ask people with wisdom who have experienced this, who have um, 
experience in this area of life and like ask, right? Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths, the ancient ways, the way, right? The good way and walk in it. Find rest for your souls if you will do this. Let's ask people who do this well. Hebrews 4. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. Let us do our best to enter into that rest. So God, I thank you for this time that you have given us a starting place. You have prepared a starting line for us. And you're saying, get ready. Rest here right now. This is the preparation you need to get ready to go. Rest first, then work. Rest first, then work. And then you can apply this to your life in a daily rest day. I know we've implemented for our family um, a day without devices, just family and focusing on God. And I know that is um, kind of a principle that has been instilled into Jewish culture and Christian culture of the Sabbath, this idea of the Sabbath. And I know for us, it's really healthy. And it's been amazing that we've set this time aside to shut everything off. No movies, no TV, no tablets, no Xbox. <laughs> and we just, we've had family game night and just hanging out and worshiping and having conversations that we normally wouldn't have, right? And I, you know, there's no rules or law to this in the sense of like, oh, here's the formula. But I'm saying for you and your family, really like think about this. What does rest look like for us? What is a healthy kind of rhythm in our lives as we step into this? And how can we apply it? Um, and we don't want to become too rigid where, oh, it has to be this way, right? We need to be flexible in this, but really the intentionality of saying, God, I need rest. Show me how to do this. Teach me how to rest, Lord. Um, yeah. So God, I thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, I bless you guys right now. I'm looking forward to this year and to seeing what, what the Lord does with this. So I just pray that you would have such a restful day, um, that you would have no worry or concern. And even if there are worries and concerns that you would um, have the supernatural ability to put those things off till tomorrow. They can wait.